We are in the Gemara and Dafches. And today's uh, shear is again for the refua of uh, Zev's mother. Okay, so um, we for four weeks now, the Gemara is trying to figure out why does the Torah need to tell us that an erva can't, does not do yivam? After all, uh, there's no reason I should assume that an erva can do yivam because even though we say in general, that a positive command, a mitzvah is going to supersede a negative mitzvah, but that's only true in uh, regular mitzvah, but not elosa say sheyesh bakaris. Not elosa say that that is the, to the level of kares, which is erva. Every erva is a elosa say sheyesh bakaris, or almost every erva. So now, so we try different things, and the Gemara now is going to say that I may have thought. And Gemara said, really, at the end of yesterday's Gemara, last week's Gemara, that hoyl ishtari ishtari, meaning that since really every every uh, um, every brother's wife, which is what Yibum is, is essentially an erva, and the Torah permitted that erva, and since the Torah permitted that erva, it should also have permitted uh, uh, any erva with it. Because we say a concept of hoil the ishtari, ishtari. Since something is permissible, other things that are also going to coincide with that are going to be permissible. So we're going to have to look at that concept. Why do we say hoil the ishtari? And where do we say hoil the ishtari? But the Gemara asks on itself, and that's the beginning really of this Gemara, that uh, Ula compared it to a case of tzaras. Where a person is tame in tzaras, so he's not allowed to come into the base of Mikdash for seven days. The last day of the seven days, when he finally is allowed to come in, so the Torah says, when he comes in, uh, even if he is uh, tame with another tuma as well, such that he has carried, so he's t- he's tame, and that tuma would not end until that night, but to be for the for the uh, um, for the the the, the Saras, uh, he's going to have to bring his carbon, and when he brings his carbon, he's going to uh, become tame uh, for that. So that Allah says that since uh, since he's he, he's tame for uh, uh, since he's allowed to come into base Mikdash to get his tahara process by getting blood on his thumb and his toe, which is the tahara process. For uh, for tzaras, since he's allowed to do that, he's also allowed to um, he, he's also allowed to uh, he's also allowed to uh, do uh, um, tuma get past the tuma of of um, hayaki. He's also allowed to get past the tuma of his own tuma of of, of uh, carry. So that's hoyl ishtari ishtari. Since a mitzvah uh, is uh, um, allowing you to get past something, so you, other similar type of prohibitions are also you're allowed to get past. So Gemara says, how can you compare that? Me dummy. And he really, this is the crux of what I want to look at a little bit over here and try and understand 
this order, what, what the Gemara say. How, and this is where we begin Davches. Where there was a mace, the person, uh, um, the, 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 so we have two brothers, right? Every, every yibum is you have two brothers. One dies and one, uh, one survives. The, 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 in our case, we have a double erva here, right? We have the regular erva, which every yibum supersedes, and that's the erva of where uh, the, the deceased brother, uh, um, his, uh, the, the surviving widow, really, who is yesterday prohibited to the surviving brother, today is a mitzvah to the surviving bro- brother. So that erva now goes away. We, we want to say, well, what happens if she's also a relative another way? How? Because the surviving brother's wife is her sister. That means two brothers marry two sisters. And then one of them dies. So this sister-in-law is a sister-in-law two ways. She's a sister-in-law through the, the brother's wife. And she's a sister-in-law as the wife's sister. Right? She's a double sister-in-law. Right? We get the case? Two brothers marry two sisters. One brother dies. The, 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 the widow is a sister-in-law and, and therefore an erva as the brother's wife and also as the wife's sister. Yes? Any nods? So again, uh, uh, Ruven and Shimon marry uh, uh, Rachel and Leah. Okay? Now, uh, if one dies, this these two are the, the, the erva, this is the wife, this woman, the, the surviving widow, is an erva both as a brother's wife and as the wife's sister. So that's a double erva. And, the, and we want to say that that should also be permissible since the brother's wife, which is the mitzvah of Yibam, is permissible. So then the sister, the wife's sister also should be permissible. That's Hoyovi Ishtari Ishtari. If you're permitting the mitzvahs permitting erva, it should permit this as well. And the Gemara says that's not going to be similar. Why? Tenach, it would be okay. Hecha denasa mace. The dead brother, the deceased brother, first got married to Rachel. Va'achakach nasachai. And then the, mar- the, the living brother married Leah. The surviving brother married Leah. Therefore, by the time he married Leah, Rachel was already his sister-in-law and already prohibited to him. So his sister, so him marrying Leah, Rachel's sister, is adding a, a prohibition on an original prohibition. Again, so we have uh, 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 Rachel, the, the, the surviving widow, is uh, already a sister-in-law, already an erva, and on top of that, when he marries Leah, the, the sister, she is again a sister-in-law. So that's a second, a, a second erva. There, we can, we can understand that uh, by, by the time this, uh, uh, this er, when this erva becomes pro- permitted, when the achos isha, uh, when, when the esha um, sach, when the deceased brother dies, at that moment, his wife becomes permitted, and that's the original prohibition. 
So any prohibition that came after that will come along. That's the Gemara's argument. Two brothers. And we have two sisters. All right? And these get yarmulkes. Okay, two brothers, two sisters. And and they marry. So this is this is the the mace. The, the dead brother, and this is the living brother. Sorry, the, li the living wife. Uh, that's supposed to be there. Okay, they're both, they're both going to stay alive. And he's alive. So if they got married first, so this woman is his erva immediately. And erva as his sister, his brother's wife. Then, secondarily, um, after this already is there, they marry. She was already his erva, but now becomes another erva as his wife's sister. Fine. Now, when he dies, and Yibum, so she now comes up here to Yibum to him, the, the, the original erva was the erva of the brother's wife, and that erva is the mitzvah of Yibum, so the Torah makes that permissible. When that becomes permissible, this relationship, the relationship of the wife's sister, also should become permissible, because that happened after. However, if this marriage happened first, and, and so she was a, a, a relative first as the wife's sister, and only after did the deceased brother marry. So when he dies, his relationship goes away, and that erva goes away, but this one remains and was there originally. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't have hoilva ishtari ishtari. Once it became permissible, it became permissible because this one was there first. That erva was there already before him. Anybody get that? Or it needs better pictures. I understand the picture. I don't, I don't understand what the order, what, what difference the order makes. If, if we're saying that, if we're saying that yibum can, can matter, um, Aishas Ach, and that, and therefore we're already mat matting as many as as we want to. What what difference does it make? Meaning, he dies. That issue doesn't go away. Sorry, I'm saying if if the brother dies, that issue doesn't go away. So the way I understood what you were saying is, it sounds like that when the brother when the brother dies, so that issue goes away, and the original issue of Achas Isha is left. Right, because, because that was th that pre that pre uh, that was there already before this relationship came in. So when this one goes away, why should that permit something that was there beforehand? If you want to compare it, it's only going to permit something uh, that came after. So since this was the primary prohibition, so when that goes away and becomes permissible, so it'll take along with it the other prohibitions. And we'll talk a little bit about why that may or may not work. But why would it go the other way around? When this prohibition was there beforehand and this came on top of it, so it went away, why would it, how would it have the strength to take away a previous prohibition? So that's, that's the, the case the Gemara first says, okay? So, Tenach Echad Nasa Meis Vachakach Nasa Chai, Demigu Di Ishtari, Issa Ishasach, 
That once this prohibition goes away, which is the brother's wife, and that's a typical, uh, a typical yibum. Also, this one that came later, this relationship will also go away. So this woman now becomes permissible to this man in spite of this relationship. So even the one that came later will also go away. But in, if it came the other way around, it shouldn't. Since the, this prohibition was first, it cannot go away. And then the Gemara says, and even more so. And even if this marriage came first, Now the Gemara says, I want to take it one step further and say that even this is not enough to say it's permissible. Because the, the prohibition, this prohibition, this relationship, this prohibited relationship came before the mitzvah of evil. Rather, the Gemara says, the only way this would really work is, I'm going to separate them, that they were never married at the same time. Ruvain marries Rachel. This is the first relationship. Ruvain dies, and she is now permissible. So this is now his mitzvah yibum. It's now his yavama. I don't know if you can see that. It's now his yavama. This is permissible. And now, instead of doing yibum, he first marries this woman. His, the sister of his brother's wife, of his deceased brother's wife. Since this was already permitted, she was already permitted, and not only permitted as a mitzvah, the Torah says, I want you to do yibum to this woman, meaning I want you to marry her. So now, perhaps, this prohibition coming this way would not take effect. That's what the Gemara is saying. Because that's what happens in the, by, by the mitzvah. What happened by the mitzvah? The Mitzorah, he was Tameh for seven days. He's on the seventh day of Tahara, and he's going to the Beis HaMikdash now to complete his Tahara. So he's already in the place where he's allowed to come into the Beis HaMikdash. He's allowed to come into the Beis HaMikdash and says, okay, I, um, even though I still have Tumah for another few hours, the Torah says on the seventh day, uh, since I've already done some of the Tahara process, I can come in and bring my carbon. Once the Torah says I can do that, if I now become Tame in a secondary Tumah, carry whatever it may be, I'm allowed to continue with my heter of going into Beis HaMikdash. But that's because I already had a, a, a moment of heter to go to the Beis HaMikdash. Other Tumah will not block me. Other Tumah will also be permissible. Same here. If there already, there's a mitzvah of Yibum, so then that will uh, remain permissible even though he married her sister. Did I lose everyone? Good? Thank you. Okay. So that's the Gemara's case. So um, what's the logic behind saying that since there was a time when it was mutter, so then Isser never kicks in? Because isn't you could couldn't you say that really the opposite makes more sense that if you have two Isurim that exist at the same time and one is overridden. So once one is overridden, 
then the other one can be overridden at the same time. But if the second isser didn't exist when the first one was overridden, then how does that become overridden? Good question. So the way Rashi and the Roshanim say it's the, the concept is this. Really, um, who tells you that the prohibition should be overridden? Maybe the isser should prohibit both. It's only because you're already in a state of mitzvah, in a state of heter. Therefore, we say the Torah put you, may allowed, there's an isa erva. It's the same type of prohibition. It's an erva prohibition. And the Torah said, yeah, I want you to do the mitzvah in spite of the prohibition. Therefore, even though another of a similar type of prohibition comes, the Torah is going to say, yeah, but I wanted to, the prohibitions didn't stop this mitzvah. Since the Torah allowed one prohibition in order to be able to do the mitzvah, it'll allow others. But you already have to be in the mitzvah. When you're not in mitzvah yet, one second, Aki, if you're not in mitzvah yet, and the Torah, uh, and the one prohibition is there, so, so what that one went away? The other one is still there, so you still can't do the mitzvah. It's only when the Torah already allowed, so this relationship didn't happen yet. And then he died. So therefore, the mitzvah of Yibum is there, meaning the Isser Erva, the first prohibition of Erva has already gone away. Once the first Erva went away, now you want to bring another Erva on to block it? We say no. That, that can't happen because there's already a, the Torah already said that in spite of prohibition, do the mitzvah. And therefore, you can do even if more similar prohibitions come. You get it? There, is there any issue of marrying the second sister in the first place while the first one's a, his Yavama? Yes. Great. I'm just about to add, throw that wrench in. Thank you. But before we go, Aki. So just one nuance about the way you're saying it, that, you know, and, and the way Max posed the question is, you know, you have, you're in a state of heter, but actually I think it's stronger than that. You're in a state of chiyuv, right? Yeah. You have a state of chiyuv, you have a chiyuv to do, uh, uh, perform yibum, and that's what is overriding the initial erva, and that's different than saying, oh, well, cancel, cancel, let go, you know, it's, it's now mutar. It's not only mutar, it's, it's chiyuv. Right. Correct. That's a different, a different um, balance of forces, I guess, is the way to say Yeah, it. no, I, thank you. I stand corrected. The point is that the mitzvah, the obligation supersedes one erva, and therefore it says the same would be true for the other erva, that the other prohibition will also be permiss permissible so that you can do the chiyu. Right. Yeah, good point. Uh, um, uh, my, my point is that I'm responding to Max just from my understanding with respect. That's why it doesn't generalize to Heter and this Heter and that Heter. I don't know. It's just my thought. Yeah, thank you. So if the, both Yisrael existed at the same time, then you would say that there never was a Chiv, like at, or that the Chiv never really took effect, took hold the same way. If there's still that um, that uh, other isser that it doesn't override? Right, because there's no mitzvah yibum on an erva. Yeah, okay.
There's no mitzvah zibum on erva. But here, where there is already an erva hutar, an erva became permitted for the mitzvah, for the chiyuv, so therefore, other ervas that try and come and block that now are going to uh, are, are going to uh, uh, also be permitted, and therefore the chiyuv is uh, meant to be done. So uh, we have over here this woman, who is the widow of the deceased brother, who really, at, at this point, that the deceased brother is gone. Is is really related to to the surviving brother? How so? Because we explained there is a concept of zika. Yibum works with zika, meaning the the transfer of the deceased brother's marriage to the surviving brother. And if there is a surviving brother that it, that uh, um, the marriage passes on to. So that's called that's called zikas yibum the the passing over the obligation to to do the yibum and uh, and and therefore he is really to some degree related to this woman and if they're related so much to this woman how uh, how can he marry uh, her sister he's marrying his betrothed let's call it his betrothed's sister. And that's called achos zekukaso. And the Gemara later says there's a prohibition of marrying achos zekukaso, the sister of his zika, the sister of this woman and his zika. So again, if you remember, when this fellow dies, his kedushin passes over to surviving brother. This woman is now, uh, in a sense, married uh, to a certain degree has a relationship with him, and he's going and he's going ahead and he's marrying her sister. How does that work? And the Gemara tells us later it's prohibited. So that's a Tosis Yishonim's question here. And the Tosis Yishonim says, well, this is an Isidora Bonan. This isn't an Isidora Isa. We're going to have to understand, according to Tosis Yishonim, why not? If Zika is the Dora that's passed on. This marriage gets passed on to the brother. Why is that not an Isidora Isa? Why is it Isid Rabbanim? But he holds that it's Isid Rabbanim. That's the Tesishanim answer. And the Me'iri says a different answer. He says that it's actually three brothers. That was my next question. Yeah. My next question is that the brother of Zika is not complete. Yeah, there's another brother here. Right? So either one of them can actually get that, uh, uh, that wife. So that's going to take a little bit of clarity to understand. So what's the relationship here, Bichlal? So how does, if, if there's another brother, why is that even permissible? What, 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 uh, uh, why does that happen? So, um, why do you need, why is it a problem if it's, if what he did isn't Mr. Diorisa? Because even if marrying that his, his Yavama's sister is Usher, then you could still say that the Torah needs to tell you not to do yibum with the original yavama like just because he did an iser you could say the pasuk's telling you the biddy of it if you did this iser i mean why why does that preclude it from being the case that we're looking for i miss the question. Or why you need the pasuk again what's the problem if it's usser why is that a problem 
then I don't need a I don't need a special teaching the Torah to say, oh, don't marry, don't do yibum to 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 an erva. That's obvious. Why would I think you could? I thought he's asking about whether or not. I thought he's saying that it's uh, we're talking about whether it's usher to marry the Obama's sister. No, right, he's so asking. How did he do? How did he even do that? The right, so why, so why is it a scenario is where where uh, you know he, after he died and there's a yibum obligation, then he married the sister. And the question is, uh, can he do yibum? And the Torah says no, you can't, because even though it should have permitted this, it won't. It's the same way. How, how does he even marry that woman? So the Torah is telling me a case that he did an Avera and he married someone that he's not allowed to marry? Is that what the... Well, Max, because if there was... Why, why is that a problem? If there's a Zika with the Avama, then you, he would, it would be also for him to marry the second sister. Max is asking, so what? So maybe the Torah is telling us if he did this Avera, he still can't do evil. The Torah, the, to say that the Torah is coming to tell us that, if, that I may have thought there was a permission to, marry, to do Yibum, when there's this erva, secondary erva that came along later, that's the one case where he transgressed, he did an iser and married someone he's not allowed to marry. That's where there's a, that's where the one case that I may have mistakenly thought he's allowed to do yibum and he's not allowed to and the Torah needed to tell me that. No, no. You just froze for a second. You're just saying it's not mustaber to to say that's the case. What's the case? That no, it's not, that this that, that we have an iser, and through an iser you got another iser, and that iser may have gone away, and that's why I need a Torah to tell you that it doesn't go away. I don't know. It's hard enough to to get to this point to say that the whole Torah came, to, the whole pasuk came to tell us this one case, but if this one case is an iser. And it's not even a, a permissible case. Okay, so so we'll we'll leave Max's question out. Why we need a pasuk for that? But the the point is, we have uh, a type of yibum um, over here of hoyle ishtari ishtari, where the mitzvah would have come later. So I want to address a little bit of what happens in this relationship here. What's going on? And why are um, what Heter could have gone away? Express it in the question that some of uh, 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 some of the the Mefarsh and the, the Achronim asked that um, let, let me ask. Uh, uh, go, let's go to the end of, the, of today's daf. Okay, the end of today's daf tells us another important aspect of even because this will help us clarify so how far to take certain uh, aspects of this, uh, of the Zika, of the marriage that gets passed over. On Ahmed Beis? On Ahmed Beis. We're going to skip to Ahmed Beis for, uh, to the end of the Gemara. This is the Gemara uh, deals with Velakha. Uh, the Torah says, He will take her as a wife. 
So he will take her as a wife. The Yibim V'yabma, and it says he will do Yibum to her. So that tells me both the Tzara and the Erva are going to be prohibited. The Gemara says, what I need this for, even if there were two marriages, the even if he can marry either one, Shari, it's going to be permissible. If not, it's going to be prohibited. Uh, the Rabbanon say, what do they need Velakha for? They need it for Rabbi Yosef Rechanina. Dama Rabbi Yosef Rechanina Velakha, Malamet Shemegar Shemeget Machzira V'yab Mabalkoha. So the first halakha. Reuven dies. The, his marriage goes over to Shimon. Shimon is now, uh, uh, has a Yavama here. This Yavama is prohibited to him. Originally, Yesterday, before Reuven died, this woman was prohibited to him, right? His brother's wife, that's a prohibited uh, 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 marriage. Now that he's deceased, there is a mitzvah to marry her. Great. What happens a year later, they did yibum, it's all good, they went off to live somewhere, and then the marriage doesn't work out and they get divorced. Can he remarry her? Or do we say, no, that's your brother's wife. You had a mitzvah, but that mitzvah is gone. In other words, we're looking at this and we're saying, oh, since the Torah permitted this, or as Aki said, the obligation to marry her permitted the erva, great. But once you divorce her, that erva is gone. That mitzvah is gone. The erva is still there. It's still your, your brother's wife your brother's, your deceased brother's wife, and you divorced her, so the mitzvah's gone. So as Aki said, I had a mitzvah, and that made me supersede the prohibition of the brother's wife. A year later, that marriage fails, you divorce her, can you remarry her? You shouldn't be allowed to, because you don't have the mitzvah that tells me that it supersedes this er this erva. Yet, the Torah says, v'lakcha, Velakha tells me that that uh, uh, um, even that you once you marry her, it's totally your wife. It's totally this person's wife, and he's allowed to uh, divorce her and remarry her, like any other person who's allowed to remarry his divorcee, as long as she didn't marry anyone else in between. There was no marriage in between. They, it's actually a mitzvah to remarry. He's allowed to remarry. Now, why? Aki, Aki correctly pointed out that it was based on you have an obligation and that obligation in the balance of power says that even though there's an Issa Erva, the obligation supersedes it. But now you don't have an obligation anymore. You've already done the mitzvah. Tesis takes it one step closer. Tesis says, consummate the marriage. You did the mitzvah and then you're done. Why can she remain your wife continually? It's a good question. Can you say that question again? He, the, he does, has a mitzvah yibum. He does the mitzvah yibum. He marries her. He, con, he consummates the marriage. Great. Done. The next day, they have to separate because there's no mitzvah anymore. As far as, as Aki said, the, the balance of powers, the mitzvah is gone. Okay. Uh, the erva is still there. 
it should it, that that should it should be over. Right, but the ever doesn't exist once he has a chiyuv to marry her. Once he marries, but he fulf he fulfilled the chiyuv. The chiyuv is gone. Right, but once he fulfills the chiyuv of marrying her, the erva is no longer there. It's now his wife. Ah, so so, uh, Tosa says something. Tosa says uh, it's not mistaber. It's not logical. I don't need a pasuk for that. Tosa says here on on Achesamid base in in Divra Maschal Melamed. Tosa says there'll be a shnia leitzricha for the second relations, you don't need uh, a, a pasuk to say that too is permissible. This svaruhu, it's a logical thing. The Torah wouldn't say, marry her so that you can divorce her. Right? After one time that they were together, right? But, uh, so that's the way uh, Tosa says it. But I, I, uh, Charlie's saying one step more. And I think this is a, a very important yesoid in understanding the, the structure of Yibo. If we have time, I'll show where it plays out in, in more cases. But what Charlie said was, it's no longer Yibo. At that point, it's his wife. And that's the language that the Me'iri uses here on Arda. It's not his brother's wife anymore. It's his wife. So what was the erva? The erva was, it's his brother's wife. Well, your brother's wife is, is your erva. The mitzvah now says, make yibum. The mitzvah is only for the first step, for doing yibum. Once the yibum is done, it's now consummate. You finish the marriage. You've taken over completely the marriage. And therefore, it's actually, uh, it, it's actually not your brother's wife, but it is your, your wife. And therefore, the rest of it, it's not that I need some sort of logic or some sort of, well, the Torah, it's not mistaba, it's not logical. The Torah would say, do the mitzvah and then divorce her. No, actually, the, the prohibition no longer exists, not on account of the mitzvah. We needed that on step one. Step one, Aki, like Aki said, we need the obligation to permit the erva, and that's the balance of power. And a mitzvah makes the erva go away on step one. Step two, it's not that the mitzvah makes the erva go away because the mitzvah is already done. The erva is not there, as, as Charlie said, because there's because it's it's his wife. It's his wife. He took over the marriage completely. It is his it ishtehu dover. It's his wife in every in every way. So I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to keep it all straight. This is this is according to the Chachamim, right? Not, not, this is not in the world of Rebbe who uses um, the Lukha for something else? Correct. The, all, all of, Rebbe has an entirely different Yavamas, but this is all in the Halacha, like the way we go in Allah. Yeah. So, the Lukha tells us that it becomes a, he, his wife to everything. He's allowed to remarry her even afterwards. In Yibum, this really happens also in a Nefila Shnia. Okay? So, Nefila Shnia means. Let's take this, this this wife away. There's only one Arabian. There's one, only one woman. Brother A, Ruvain, marries a woman. He dies. 
Shimon is going to do Yibum. What's the relationship between this woman to, to Levi, the third brother? Since he's not doing Yibum, since he's not doing Yibum, this marriage prohibits him. He has a mitzvah. But once they did Yibum, what is she? She's not only this brother's wife, she's also this brother's wife. Forever, the deceased brother's wife. Now, if he dies, right? Now, when he dies, he has a mitzvah of Yibum because of this marriage. But he shouldn't be allowed to because this marriage is also, uh, uh, it's, she is his sister-in-law from this marriage. And that there's no mitzvah for anymore because that mitzvah has already been done. You get the question? This woman is his deceased wife. And sorry, the deceased man's wife. So when they do Yibum, they, to him, it's Ruvain's wife as much as Shimon's wife. When Shimon dies and he needs to do Yibum, the mitzvah will, will take away Shimon's marriage. But it can't take away Ruvain's. And therefore, he shouldn't be allowed to do yibum to this woman. This is called nefila shniyam. When it, it, it happens a second time, it falls a second time. Shouldn't he be allowed to do yibum? Like, why, why does it not take away Ruben's marriage? Like, what's. Because Ruben's marriage is not a mitzvah now. Ruben's marriage is not a mitzvah. Shimon's is. I understand, but Ru, that's an erva. So, how do you know that the Torah says to take away? A, a, a different erva. It only takes away the, his erva. How do you know it takes away that erva? That's an erva that's there before this marriage. But it wasn't. It, it wasn't an erva before the marriage because it was. It was. He could have done the yibum as well. But he didn't. When he didn't do the mitzvah, that that eshes ach remains an iser. It's eshes ach shalobim mitzvah is the language of the Gemara. It's that's a it's his brother's wife w w without a mitzvah there. But that Eshazach turned into Yibum. The other brother did it. He, so now he became an Eshazach to, to his second brother, Shimon. I, when, when, if he dies, why not? I, I think what you're saying is connected to what you said before. And this is really what the point that I'm, I, I want to point out here is, yeah, what happens is he took over that marriage. It's now his wife, but he didn't do Kiddushin. How did they, he never went to a chuppah. So we, how did it become a wife, a husband wife? Because his marriage got passed on to him. So there is no, uh, there are no two marriages here. It's, it, there are two brothers, but it's one marriage to this one woman. He took over that marriage. And therefore, when he dies, there's only one Ashes Ach moving over. Because that, that's, that, and that's what I think Charlie was saying before. The concept is Yibam makes it not only the initial passing on of the Kiddushin, and then he takes over the marriage. No, the entire thing gets passed over to him. Therefore, there's no, there's no prohibition left. There's no erva left. He can divorce her and remarry her. When he needs to do Yibam, he's doing Yibam to his wife. Well, what about this one? That relationship has already been absorbed into here. 
that's not an independent relationship anymore. There's not an independent marriage. That is completely absorbed here and is going to be absorbed here. That's the structure of Yibam. And this becomes an, 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 an integral uh, part to another question, an, an answer to another question that Tosfus asks on Ahmed Al. Tosfus says, going back to our initial scenario, two brothers married two sisters. That was the case. And we said that we need the Pasuk to tell me that you're not allowed to do Yibam in such a case. Great. Tosfus says, what is that? That's an erva of a supreme erva, of a kares. What about a prohibition that's lesser? And this is a very interesting scenario. We have a Kohen whose brother died. His brother dies, he has a mitzvah of Yibam, of Yibam. But she is a widow. After the Zika happens, he becomes a, a, a nismane lekohen gadol. There's a Gemara later in the Samachalev. He gets, uh, uh, he gets appointed as a kohen gadol. As a kohen gadol, he's not allowed to marry the four seed. Right? Uh, sorry, he's not allowed to marry a widow. His brother's deceased, his deceased brother's wife is a mitzvah to him. The Zika happened beforehand. Should he should, Tosis asked, he should be allowed to marry such a woman. He should be allowed to do the yibum. Why? He was Nismana to Kohen Gadol. After that prohibition came in, after the, the yibum. So over here, here we had a sister, but without a sister. This guy became Kohen Gadol. Right? So we're putting a choshen on him. Another question would be, would be, would the marriage be, would the marriage go, if he did marry her, would the marriage go away if he became the Kohen Gadol? Same idea. Right. So, so we have over here, he's not allowed to marry a divorcee. Uh, sorry, a widow. He's not allowed to marry a widow. But he has the mitzvah beforehand, and the prohibition of the brother's wife went away already. So that should also take away the prohibition of, of, um, uh, of, uh, of the Kohen Gadol marrying a, divorce, uh, a widow. So Tessa says, uh, and the Rishonim say, well, it, it won't work because that would only work for the initial marriage, for the consummation of the Yibam. It wouldn't work long term because a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to be married to a widow. So we ask, wait one second, but you said, if this is permissible, this is permissible. And and, and if this is permissible long-term, this relationship prohibition, so so too the kahuna relationship should be permissible long-term. That's the question that we really have to address. What's going on? And here, the, the Rav Nachum Bertzavitz and, and, and uh, many said it in different ways. The, the concept over here is what, uh, what this point that Charlie was saying. The permission is only for the uh, initial instant. The mitzvah moment uh, that, as Aki said, right, the balance of the, the mitzvah moment, the chiyuv, supersedes and, 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 and will allow even erva. But once that's gone, that's gone. So then the marriage shouldn't be allowed to continue. No, there he took over a marriage already. He took over the brother's marriage, so he's allowed to continue. But a Kohen Gadol, she's still a widow. The Kohen Gadol can't continue. 
there's no continual history once it's permissible it's permissible right once we permit one prohibition we permit another prohibition we're not permitting a prohibition for the remainder of the marriage there it's just because as it's already his wife by that will permit this case case because he took over the brother's marriage he is now in place of his brother and that's the relationship but as far as the kahuna goes it's still a divorcee forever uh, sorry it's still a widow forever and he cannot continue the marriage that's the answer to this uh, to this question and really this what if this, he married her and then became kohen gadol sorry what if he married her and then became the kohen gadol or he would it wouldn't be an option no that would be permissible because right that would be permissible because it was never that she was never a widow she was his wife but if we, it, 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 the other way around is prohibited so I, I, I'm, I'm harping on this a little bit because this really is fundamental to understanding the structure of Yibam. The structure of Yibam is such that the brother, the deceased brother's marriage is passed on to the living brother in its entirety. He is now taken over that marriage. It's his wife. It's not his brother's wife anymore. It's not in place of his brother. It's him. The initial mitzvah is to be in place of the brother, and now it's his marriage. Okay, we're going to leave that there. We're going to have another few minutes before Mincha, so we're just going to go to, to uh, Rava's answer. Rava says, no, we don't need it for any of this. Actually, you're, the truth is, we don't need a special teaching of Allah to tell us that you're allowed to marry, uh, that you're not allowed to uh, do Yibam to an erva. That's obvious. You're right, we wouldn't have needed it for that. So the Gemara says, what does Rubba say? Rather, we need it only for the Tsaras erva, or really the Tsaras Tsara the erva. So I, I may have thought that it's true, you can't do the er- you can't marry the erva, but her tsara uh, should be permissible, and therefore we said no. We need allowed to tell you not only her but her sister wife, the tsara as well, and that is a, a, a change in you know we had four blot of gemara, four daf of gemara looking at why we needed this pasuk to permit erva, and Rava says. We actually, that's not what it's coming for at all. So, so we have two, two cases of, uh, of tzara uh, um, that, that are possible. We have tzara bimkom mitzvah and tzara shalom What is a case of, so I'm going to diagram that as well. So we have the, the this is, Let's start a new, let, let's leave all this out. Let's start with two brothers. And this man, this one brother, is married to two women. He's married to two women. This one is his erva, let's say his daughter. This one is Tsara's erva. 
I may have thought this is permissible. He can't do Yibam to his daughter. Understandably, that's a Torah prohibition. But maybe he's allowed to do Yibam to her. Therefore, he says, no, you're not allowed to do Yibam. Aleha tells us, not only can you not do Yibam to her, you can't do Yibam to her. Okay? And uh, that's the, the, the sister's wife and the, uh, um, the Arab or whatever it may be. And what's a case of Shalobim Komitzvah? Shalom commits says this, these are not brothers. This is just a, a, an independent fellow. So he's some guy over here. This fellow marries his daughter. So it's his, his son-in-law. And his son-in-law takes a second wife. So she is a sister wife to his daughter, to his erva. They, he divorces her. Is he allowed to marry her? Or he dies. Is he allowed to marry her? It's not a mitzvah yibum, but it's not a relative at all. It's his daughter's husband's other wife. It's his mother's husband's other wife. It's his sister's husband's other wife. It's totally not a relative, but the, it was in the same marriage as his erva. That, the Torah is saying, that's where we're talking about erva shalom commits, tzaras erva, the tzara of erva, but not in a mitzvah case, just in an out there case. That's this case of tzaras erva shalom commits. So it's complicated. We, there's really no, no relationship here, but that's why I need this, this uh, possible. Okay, I'm gonna stop here.